Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. David Littleproud, the leader of the National Party, joining us this morning uh, as the up-and-coming budget looms and it doesn't look great for regional Australia. David, good morning and thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. It is concerning. Um, I mean, nothing's 100% confirmed, but, you know, this money being thrown at the reef by the environmental minister, we're seeing all these signs pointing towards a proper hatchet job to the regions. Oh, yeah, mate, we're cooked. Um, let's be honest, we made it clear that, the, that uh, if this mob got in, the largest that the National Party had been able to secure while we're in coalition will be gone. And they're going to use us as the whipping boys to redirect that to people like Dan Andrews to help with a two-odd billion dollar ring road around Melbourne. Uh, and, you know, basically we're not going to get three-fifths of bugger all. Uh, and this is what we're saying is when, when the Labor Party does that, it's all okay and the gallery in Canberra goes quiet. Uh, but when we square the ledger as nationals and hold hold the Liberals to account, get our fair share, it's called pork barreling. Well, no, it's about delivery. It's about us getting our fair share. I've even said to the Prime Minister, let's get rid of this back and forward. Let's just give us um, a sustainable model of funding. We're 30% of the population. Just give us that model uh, whereby we don't have this big pendulum swings, that we can have the certainty of, of investment that fix up those supply chains. And that investment is a return on, on investment to the Australian taxpayer. Because it means you get product from a paddock or a pit to the port. And when it goes to the port, it goes out. And when you set it out in a boat, it pays the bills for doctors, nurses, hospitals. Uh, and this is the sort of stuff we're simply saying to this government, um, don't pay politics, just give us our fair share. Um, otherwise, I can tell you when we're back, then that's all will be there. And we'll make sure we square the ledger and we square it up big time. Can I ask you this? Um, Anthony Albanese is a, a, it seems from outside to be a, a decent bloke. He understands, I mean, the the importance of regional Queensland, regional Australia. What is it within the Labor government that they are just so hell-bent on changing this? I, you know, it is concerning. I, I am deeply concerned about the way it's going. Does he even is he even open to having a discussion with you about this? No, no. Look, he, he he's been run by Chalmers. Uh, Chalmers has got the keys to the checkbook. Uh, he's got bigger fish to fry, uh, and he just is hell bent on making sure that um, effectively this money money is funneled back into the seats that he needs to keep. He's got he's got challenges from the Greens on his on his left flank that he has to keep at bay, and he's trying to make sure he does that by stripping this out of regional Australia and putting it into metropolitan Australia. And the, and the issue with this is we become the forgotten Australians. When there isn't anyone um, at, the, at the table signing the checks, then invariably we don't even get the scraps. And this is what needs to change. Uh, and we need to make sure that regional Australians' voice are heard and that we hold this mob to account about getting that, that fair return. I, I get they've got to be careful on, on, on spending this budget. There's inflationary pressures. But that's where your priorities need to hit in. You need to hit in in those priorities that are going to continue to grow the pie, keep jobs, uh, infrastructure that goes to the regions. Actually, as I said before, gives you that return on investment because it's it's fixing up the supply chain gaps to get product from a pit or a paddock to a port. And that's what pays our bills. It's not rocket science. And that's just about prioritising what's going to pay the bills, what's going to keep the country moving, what's going to pay for the NDIS, what's going to pay for Medicare. It's actually us. Yeah. David, 
what 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 do you think it looks like um with the budget on in all honesty what what do you think this budget looks like well look i think you can say that the 7 odd billion dollars in dams is gone i suspect they'll repurpose that to this uh, dream that Palaszczuk dreamt up on on hydro schemes of 62 billion i suspect that'll be their share of that, but just make make it clear that the, that water won't be available for dams. I suspect you'll see Hell's Gate's gone. Uh, I'd reckon Urana, uh, I reckon Burdekin, and I'm even getting word that EU Swamp's gone. Just a lousy $160 million uh, that we've been waiting on the Queensland government to kick in and start burning some diesel will be gone as well. So, you know, they intend to just run a pipeline. I'm also understanding they're going to run a pipeline now from Rookwood uh, to Gladstone uh, to help uh, Twiggy Forest for his hydrogen. Now, there has to be a, a moral dilemma in that. If you're going to take consumptive water away from agriculture to put it into hydrogen that is, that's untested in any commercial scale, what happens to food security? Yeah. Where's the moral dilemma there? And this is the sort of stuff that we're hearing. But then you then you look at the roads. Uh, the roads out there, I mean, unless you're on the Bruce Highway, you can pretty well forget anything from this mob. And for us west of the Great Divide, that means nothing. And and that's not right because that's where the product that pays the bill comes from. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Mate, uh, Paradise Dam funding, that's the big concern now. I um, I spoke with Tom Marlin last Friday and that to me is it's telling exactly what's going on there. Yeah, look, uh, this has been a, a cluster from the start. Palaszczuk, I mean, you know, she, she may as well go, mate. She's done enough damage. Um, she's the laughing stock around the country, and I think most Queenslanders have had a gut full of her. Uh, she, co- she couldn't organise a chook raffle. Uh, it's time her and her government took a big oh break. They're, they're stale, they're old, uh, and they just don't care. Uh, but this is important infrastructure for people uh, in Bundaberg. I mean, the, the productive capacity that's there and potential that's there is, is going to be lost unless people have this certainty. And, and that's all these governments need to do. And, and unfortunately, we've got bureaucrats as well that are telling us that we have to get this return on, on dam infrastructure over 30 years. You tell me a dam that, that's lasted less than 30 years or just 30 years. Most of them have been there for 50, 60, 70 years. Uh, so to, to have some sort of economic payback over a short period of time doesn't make sense. Paradise Dam and fixing it and doing it properly as was promised when it was originally built should be done and should be done immediately. There's, there should be no argument about this. This is the sort of stuff where people get jack of politicians and bureaucrats. A strong minister just needs to walk in and say the check is cut, start burning some diesel, fix it up, and then start. Then you can start on, on these other dams as well where you're at it. Yeah, it, it is just one of those things. that It should have been done a long time ago. The, the, the science around it was, was flawed. We have seen things, and I don't want to get too hit bogged down in the Great Barrier Reef, but we saw um, a report come out that the reef has been in the best state it's ever been, yet Tanya Plibersek comes out and says, mate, it's 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 dreadful and see where we're going to throw all this money at. What is going on and why? Is that just their big pitch because people don't know, so they go about using that as their priority to try and um, to try and win people over by saying, oh, the reef is damaged and blah, blah. When we know we've spoken to Peter Ribb. We've spoken to countless. It's never been in better shape. Yeah, they're creating a drama to create a narrative to say that farmers are doing the wrong thing, that we've done the wrong thing, and we're going to continue to destroy it unless they stop us. This is the thing is that you can say doom and gloom on a four-second grab on, on a TV news every six o'clock, but to explain the science takes a lot more. Uh, and unfortunately, the vision of 
bleached coral is the one that gets up. And so people in the city who know three-fifths of bugger all about it go, oh, geez, we need to do more with the reef. And so it gives the government the license to go and impose restrictions on people and on the reef that aren't necessary. And this is just an ideology, and it's weaponising a misinformation uh, to, to take away people's property rights. I mean, the, the way that the sugar industry has responded to the reef has been nothing short of magnificent. Uh, they, have, they have done everything, bar literally, uh, get out there and filter every millilitre of water uh, to test its purity. I mean, they've made sure their practices have changed. Everything they've done has gone to the essence of keeping the reef healthy, and they are making it healthy. Uh, and this is this should be something that's celebrated, and not something that should be lambasted that they've done something wrong. And we should we should continue to work in a constructive way using this thing called common sense, just working with the science and the technology that we've got available to us to make sure farmers can continue to do that because they want to do that, but they don't want someone from Brisbane telling them how to produce the best sugar in the world. And that's what's happening now. And you know we're seeing this; they're, they're going to go down the track of of putting more restrictions on Australian agriculture, whether it be vegetation management, whether it be about methane tax or whatever, how they're going to reduce 30% uh, methane emissions is, is beyond me. Because I can tell you, uh, asparagopsis isn't the thing that everyone thinks it is. I mean, uh, the initial trials on this that I've seen shows it's about $2 per head per day. Now, you go and put a couple of head in, in a feedlot for 60 or 100 or, or 90 days, and you add that to the cost of a beast now. And I wonder most people can't yeah. afford to have a barbecue as it is. No. So this is the sort of stuff we can do. We can live up to international commitments using common sense. But once you let ideology come into it, then you start getting crazy ideas that ultimately there's this one old principle in life my old man taught me is someone always has to pay. Yeah. And if you let the ideology take over, someone's going to pay and invariably it's you. Yeah, unreal. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being with us this morning, David. Thanks for having me, mate. Good on you, mate. Uh, We'll talk to you early next week. This is Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network.